Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. everybody welcome to another episode of the new england society of geeks it's time for a monthly comics cast keep forgetting i, I, added, <laughs> I gotta add the s or else i'll screw it up comcast comics cast <laughs> comics cast <laughs> comic cast comics cast Com- this is where we talk about comics <laughs> and so of course that means i have with me the cosmic comic guru dario hey everybody and the world's greatest sidekick is Trip, trip. Wait a minute. Trip, he's not trip. here. <laughs> he bailed on us. Yeah. He's been captured. We'll have to rescue him later. <laughs> but uh no, Paul couldn't make it, so it's just gonna be me and Dario, but that's okay because you know it is. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start off with our uh comic book reviews. So yeah. I will let you go first, sir. Sounds good. Let's see, I have four books this this month. Um I always try and bring in something that's a little bit different, even if I'm only going to read like issue one of a book and see what it's like. Um, I find that obviously I'm buying the same books over and over again. I'm like, I can't always talk about young justice. I know. I yeah. can't always <laughs> talk about this. So uh, as I was perusing the shelves, um, this new book came out a few weeks back from Valiant called the forgotten queen. Oh, it's from Valiant. Yeah. And the writer and writer's name is Teeny Howard. And the artist's name is Al- Malkar Pina. I'm probably getting that terribly wrong, so I apologize. Oh, it's written by Teeny Howard. Yeah, Teeny Howard. Teeny Howard. I've been hearing, um, I've been hearing that name a lot lately. I believe she's moved into. She's doing something for Marvel right now. Oh, really? I don't remember what though. Um, it's the first I've read of anything from this writer. Um, actually, this creative team at all. Uh, I like the art an awful lot. It's it's it's. Realistic enough and cartoony enough that, you know, it kind of caught my eye. And I wasn't sure if it was a period piece, like if it was going to be set during the time of Genghis Khan, because that's where the half the book happens or, or mm. what it was. But ultimately, what the story is about is uh, the main female character is the embodiment of war. She's immortal. She's, mm. walked, she's walked the earth since the first person killed the first person. Interesting. Um, and she goes and goes to the great kingdoms and promises uh, the ability to incite people into a fighting, into a fighting frenzy uh, to, to leaders so they can kind of get them to go and, and fight their wars. And when it's all said and done, any kingdom she helps ends up falling in on itself. And then she just kind of moves on to another, to another place. So is she a, a villain or? Uh, I don't know yet. This is only issue one. Uh, issue two came out maybe a week or two ago, and I haven't read it yet. But there's two stories here. There's a story set in modern days where there's a science vessel that is deep sea diving, trying to find artifacts. Mm. Uh, they're doing other things, but the whole the whole thing is being funded by a mysterious organization that is wants them to go and find um, a set of ar- a suit of armor from the time of Genghis Khan. Mm. And as you're reading it, you realize that. 
The people that are on the ship don't really know each other. The person in charge of it hasn't really given much information to the people on the ship. But they're they're diving. They're trying to find this stuff. And in between these segments, they flash back to uh, the Forgotten Queen, whose name, she goes by many names, but I'm going to just call her Forgotten Queen, um, where she goes and meets with Genghis Khan before he really expands his empire to take over, you know, the whole area that he right. took over. And he, she kind of fuels his fire to go and do that. And in the meantime, in modern day earth, they're in the middle of the ocean. What looks to be trying to find pieces of her armor because she's wearing armor in this. Mm. And, um, it's obviously a mystery that's left off because it's only issue one, but I thought the art was very interesting. Uh, it's hard to describe this last panel, but the very last, <laughs> This is going to sound dumb. The reason why I picked it up is because the last panel shows the, <laughs> the forgotten queen going to talk to uh, a, um, a woman who's in charge of her own empire. <laughs> and this woman is like the very last panel. She's riding on a horse upside down and firing a bow with her feet. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? <laughs> that is crazy. Interesting. Um, but it's interesting. It's not. Not an easy story to follow. It required me to kind of read it a little bit slowly. Um, and, oh, really? and yeah, and that's the thing is that it's not a standard comic. And I like that. I mean, yeah. I can pick up a comic off the shelf and I could blast through it in like two minutes and be like, oh, there's nothing really too deep here. Right. But that required me to pay a little bit more attention to it, which is what I liked. And also the, the just kind of interpreting the art. Like the art's pretty straightforward, but um, some of the, Scenes where there's multiple people talking, the flow of the dialogue didn't didn't sit super well. It oh, only man. happened on a couple panels where I'm like, where am I supposed to be jumping to next to read this? But right. Um, in general, it's pretty good. I don't know what Valiant's overall plan is as far as a company because they seem to be uh, either rebooting, restarting, reinterpreting their line. Hmm. Uh, was it maybe 10 years ago where they came back and did everything over again? And I used to love Exo Man of War back then. Right, yeah. But this is, it's something new. It's not, what's the name? The Immortal Warrior. What was his name? Did you read any old Valiant stuff? Yeah. It was Archer and Armstrong, and then there was another one that was an immortal. So, oh, yeah. Whatever the name is. Uh, Eternal Warrior. So it's not, oh, right, I, yeah. at first I thought it was going to be like Eternal Warrior, but it seems darker than Eternal Warrior. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But anyway, I liked it, I liked it enough that I would try issue two. Do you know if it's a part of the greater Valiant universe? Or? There's nothing in this that tells me that. Mm, I have no idea. Thought, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's a standalone thing or not. But it's pretty Valiant interesting. Even do standalone? No, yeah, no. they have so. an integrated universe. Everything yeah. they do is 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 like that. They've launched a new book called Livewire, um, which is a character from um, what was the name of their team? Harbinger was a character from their Harbinger team. Right. And then they're doing another character from the Harbinger team. There was a guy uh, that was like their leader, maybe like a, like a telepath. And he's getting his own book. Right. Right. So they're, they seem to be spreading out and then faith has still got her own book. So they do oh, have, they right. do have an integrated universe. Um, yeah. I've kind of, I've kind of steered away from Valiant. Not that I don't like the Valiant stuff. It's mm-hmm. just, I think because, I don't know. No, I agree with you. I've done the same thing. When when they relaunched everything, I the only book I read was Exo Man of War because right, it was because yeah. it was different enough from what they used to do, and it was pretty pretty intense. That's the way they wrote it. He was just he wasn't right, yeah. yeah he wasn't messing with anybody. I see. Yeah, I liked I liked their Exo when they rebooted him, uh, and I read Ninjak for a little bit. 
Ninjak or isn't it Ninja K now? Yeah, it is Ninja K. <laughs> something stupid like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because I kind of, I liked, because they had nin, they had Ninjak or Ninja K or whatever his stupid name is. Yeah, now he's, he's definitely and, a Ninja K now. Yeah. He was in, they when they rebooted it, he was in, he started in um, EXO. He was in EXO all the time. Yeah. It, it eventually became like the, the EXO Ninjak book. <laughs> right. Which, <laughs> so I liked him there but then i never read i had gotten out of valiant by the time he got his own series right and i think that's one of the reasons why they did a reboot again so but uh so if i was gonna rate this with infinity stones this is kind of just an average book for me right now so what are there six infinity stones right yes so i'm gonna just give it four because i like mm-hmm. it enough that's that i would bad. try that's and keep bad. reading it yeah but it's not knocking it out of the park for me right now right right that's it for that one all right. Next up is a, a book from Image called Sharky the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> it's from their Netflix line of books, which I don't know if that means eventually they're going to make a show. But anything that Millar does that has the big Netflix logo on the back is kind of part of their verse. Oh, I didn't realize what that was. Yeah. So you'll see that whenever you get like um, Magic Academy, I think is one of them. And, is, and I think there's a show on Netflix called Magic Academy or... Something like that, but yeah, they made a deal. Yeah. Since they were losing all all the Marvel stuff, they had to kind of they had to kind of make plans because they're known right now for having all the Marvel stuff, and they're gonna lose all that to Disney. Right. So they went to Mark Millar, and they got they got rights to his universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Sharky the Bounty Hunter is a science fiction, far flung future based story about Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Um, I uh, never would have guessed. <laughs> uh, Mark Millar is the writer. Simone. Bianchi, see if I ever say that wrong or right. Bianchi, I'm yeah. not sure exactly. Is the artist, and it's, uh, I mean, this person's a great artist. Yes, I, I, I love that artist. Yeah, it's amazing. Definitely one of my favorite. Uh, but the overall story is about um, a, a guy that's kind of like maybe Dog the Bounty Hunter, <laughs> with a lot less hair. Um, he's, <laughs> <Exactly>. got, <laughs> he's got the classic, like, horseshoe balding kind of thing going on top of his head, and... Um, it starts out with him in a bar hanging out. This girl buys him a drink, and he's sitting next to this other guy, this alien guy. And he's like, "Hey, what's with?" And he's also bald. He's completely bald. And he's like, "Hey, you know," he's making fun of him of his choice of being bald. And then it turns out that it, that's actually his mark, and it's an alien that has the ability to break into into multiple versions of himself. Mm. So he captures the guy, turns him in. You kind of find out his lifestyle. He's got so much debt that he can. He turns in a bounty. He makes a ton of money, but he only gets a couple credits because he owes so many people everything that they only pay him the leftovers. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, then, then um, you find out that the guy he just arrested has a has a, a nephew that he's gonna ship back across the world uh, or the, the universe to bring to his parents. So it's kind of like it's kind of got like a heavy metal feel to it. Um, there's a, there's violence, there's sex, there's, there's rock and roll, there's, there's everything in here. That artwork is beautiful. Yeah. The art's great. Um, it's kind of interesting the way that they write some of these characters, the, the woman at the bar that he, um, ends up hooking up with They're later, they're talking and she's got all these bionics, like her lower half from her knees down are robotics and she's got wheels for feet <laughs> and you find, and he's just talking to her, trying to figure out why she's been like mechanizing herself and she says that she no longer identifies as a person. She identifies as a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and that, and that she's gonna like by the end of the month she's gonna get she's gonna get a full on operation and become just become a vehicle. <laughs> okay, yeah, well. it's just kind of funny. That's interesting. Um, but there's a lot of little stuff like that going on in here, and it 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 just absolutely feels like something I would read in Heavy Metal magazine. Yeah, so I right. Like yeah, that, I, can, like I can that. definitely. I can definitely get that feeling. Yeah, just from looking through it. Yeah. Is it um <laughs> Yeah, that's is it um does it stand up to other Mark Miller Millar? Uh it's along the same lines of all his writing. Yeah. Uh, I mean I'll be honest with you, I don't love his writing. Um what's his what's his best thing that he's ever written? Wanted? I mean that's I mean wanted's really good. Well hip, hip um not hit girl. Kick um, ass. Kick ass was good. I like, I mean, I like his stuff. Um, Nemesis was good. Nemesis was good. Yeah, I read that. Um, geez, I'm trying to remember all his stuff now. Um, now I've I've read I've read a lot of his stuff. Um, but I think based on people that have listened to this program know what I like to read. You know, <laughs> so it's I, I like to read a lot of superhero stuff. In DC uh, <clears throat> and DC, yeah. No, it's a, <laughs> um, so it's it's no different than anything else I've read from Mark Millar. It's not bad for me. It's not amazing. It's it's what why the reason why I bought the book was because of the art. Well, the fact that it's Mark Millar and I like him and I like that artist a lot. Mm-hmm. I might have to check it out. Yeah, it's really good. So, and I know the second issue just came out. I did not buy it um, because I've had very sizable comic weeks over the last like couple weeks. Yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> so uh, when it's a slow week, up might, up. might have been big as well. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I came back from my vacation and I had two weeks of comics I had to buy, which very easily equaled like fifty bucks. Mm. So those are the two off-brand books that I brought to talk about. Uh, the next one on my list. Oh wait, so if I'm going to rate this book, uh, again, this is going to be a four. So I think if it's better than average, I'm going to rate it four. So I think that makes sense. Yeah, now the nice. art, I'm going to give uh, a six. The art is awesome. Yeah, I love that artist. So. I just um I just added it to my to your list to my checklist. Yeah, that's good. So the next book that I got is new from DC Comics and it is uh from their new line. I forgot what it's called, Wonder Comics. This is from the new line called mm-hmm. Wonder Comics and it is Dial H for Hero. I knew you'd be reading that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dial H for Hero, come on. If there's ever an opportunity to write a terrible superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, it's good. It stands out. So the writer is Sam Humphreys, if I'm saying that right, and the artist is mm-hmm. Joe Quinios. He's from Boston, or the Boston area. I know that much. Mm. Um, so basically, the the dial is an artifact that's been in the DC universe for as long as I've been reading comics, and it's was yeah, right. pre-crisis. And it's a a dial that has that looks like a, a, a tele, an old rotary phone telephone dial, and you would. And you, if you dialed the word hero, you got changed into a random hero. And the the whole bit in the in the the comics back then is it, it's not like you would dial it and become Wonder Woman. No, you would dial it and become Robin or something. You would dial it and become some character that no one will ever see or hear from again. But uh, wasn't isn't it wasn't it like it's it turns you into what's needed for the situation? That's one of the ways that it's been interpreted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know what this thing is right now. Um, it manifests itself as a, as a, as an old style rotary phone, a complete phone. It kind of looks like the bat phone from the TV show. Um, it and, is actually a cool concept. Yeah. And, um, 
before, I don't remember there ever being anybody on the other line. Uh, but in this, he mm-hmm. is actually talking to the operator, and the really? operator is giving him kind of hints as to what the overall story is going to be. Huh. So the majority of the book, which is very well written, I may add, is about the main character um, whose name is Miguel, and we learn about his entire life. Uh, he had an encounter with Superman at a very early age because he hurt himself and uh, had to be flown to the hospital. Hmm. Um, he It affected him in such a way that he kind of took risks for the rest of his life because he, Superman flew him to the hospital, and for him that was kind of a thrill. Mm-hmm. So he's now kind of a thrill seeker. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got a nothing life. He finds out that his parents get separated, and now he's staying with his uncle, who's, I guess, okay, but he's not great. Mm-hmm. It's not like he he's, he's abusive or anything. He's just a dude. Right. Um, and he works on his uncle's food truck, which is called Mayo Madness. Everything's mayo. <laughs> it's I very like it. fun. It's very fun. It's like he's just the the the, the panel where we see him working there. He's just like leaning on his on his fist, and he's just like, "Hello, how may I how mayo help you?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we meet uh, another character that is probably going to be a regular in the book, um, whose name is summer and she's a runaway um she's always running away from home we'll learn more about that as we read the book i'm assuming and basically miguel like i said is a thrill seeker so after he gets out of work he goes and to a jump over a ravine that his friends built and it's a rickety old jump and it looks like it's a death trap and it is indeed a death trap because it falls apart on him and he he plummets into the ravine only to be saved at the last minute by the dial um one of the interesting things about the book is that when he activates the dial, they immediately go and they show a ton of other people in the DC universe that have interacted with the dial in the past, and they're all aware that it's being used again. Huh. So that's kind of neat. Interesting. Um, the dial shows up, takes, speaks to him, and then he tra- transforms into the character Monster Truck. <laughs> 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 the second this happens it becomes a 90s comic it's like it's like a very interesting book it's that, that that's something like you would read today but when he becomes monster truck the art changes to to, to, to look like uh, uh, uh rob layfield's art oh uh, that costume is ugly the 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 fonts that they use turn into 90s fonts i mean everything is like 1991. <laughs> um, so he's flying around. He's uh, defending trucks. Uh, <laughs> monster truck. They immediately give you his origin where uh, he is met by the immortal council of trucks called the Truck Triforce. And that every thousand years, the hero of Earth needs to become the truck champion. <laughs> So he goes and just destroys a bunch of cars. <laughs> <laughs> then he turns back into Miguel and he's like, Oh my God, what just hell, what the hell just happened? And then the police show up and he goes, he goes running off because he's surrounded by all these broken cars. Um, <laughs> sure. And then the phone's with him. And then that's kind of how it ends. He's, it ends with him picking the phone up again and talking to the operator. He's kind of telling him hmm. that he's going to protect the phone with his life. So I, I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing book or not, or if it's just going to be like, 12 issues. I mean, that, this is mm-hmm. one of those things where they never really tell you if it's going to be a miniseries or not. Right. It just, if it fails, it becomes a miniseries. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just a miniseries. But... Um, so, I mean, that's 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 that book. I think the art's great. Um, I think the concept is is 
great, even though it's really not. I think the concept concept's great, and I like it a lot just because of my love for DC. So because of that, I give it a five. But realistically, off the shelf, it's probably a three. <laughs> <laughs> the The writing is really good. I mean, just the whole character characterization with Miguel is really, really good, and that's for me. That's what his book shines. Right. So that I would I, honestly, that's a easily a a five. But I don't know if it's going to be a long lasting book. It really depends on how well Wonder Comics do. One, I mean, one Wonder Twins seems to be doing good. Young. Justice seems to be doing good. Yeah, but those those are both kind of known quantities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I don't think this is gonna. This is still on the shelf at the store. Yeah, that tells me something. But mm. it's tough when you get to work with a property that's never has never done it before. It's right. never succeeded. Um, but that's usually where you can take your most risks. I mean, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Who would have thought that that movie would have been good? I mean, any any other day during the week, I would have told you it's a a dead property that Marvel has, but yeah. it turned it into a. <laughs> movie series so i can i can honestly see this being like probably a pretty cool cartoon like maybe a direct uh oh, yeah. direct a subscription dc universe online cartoon i could probably see that so um that's my rating for that book it's a mixed rating as far as infinity gems go suppose i just give it a three and a half let's go three and a half. First time i've ever done it well <laughs> technically the, the the middle would be a straight four but... yeah that's true let's go four four all right i'm all about the fours all about the fours today <laughs> I haven't read anything that I hated yet, so. That's and then uh, my last book is a Marvel book. Excuse me, why I take a drink of water. It's a Marvel book. It's new from Marvel Comics. Came out last week or two weeks ago, and it is called Spider-Man: Life Story. Now I wanted to read this, but I missed it. Yes, at the store. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm happy to let you borrow it, and you can read this one if you want. Oh, cool, thanks. Um, so it is a mini series I had learned about now, just before it came out. We do know for sure this is a mini series. I so. feel I feel it's a mini series. I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe I read it was a mini series. Uh, written by Chip. I say his last name. Zadarsky. Zadarsky. Chip Zadarsky. Drawn by Mark Bagley. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it is going to tell the history of Spider-Man set in the time frame that he happened. So right. Spider-Man was created in 1962. Yeah. Two, yeah. 1962. Um, so the story starts by telling you in 1962, Spider uh, Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider, yada, yada, yada. And then they jump forward to 1966 hmm. and it's, he's, he's out of high school at the start of the story. He's in college and it's his time when he was dealing with the uh, green goblin when he was dealing with um, Gwen Stacy, when he was dealing mm-hmm. with Flash Gordon. Um, but Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. <laughs> you remember that? Well, there's, to- there's a crossover. <laughs> Neat. Cool. When he was dealing with Flash Gordon. When he was, when he was dealing with Flash Thompson. Um, <laughs> but I've read a lot of comics. Like I've read a lot of old Spider-Man, and you probably have too. Mm-hmm. Um but this it feels so much like something that, that Stan Lee would have written back then. Oh, wow. And um, it's just really, really good. It fits right in with that time frame. It feels like it's happening in the 60s. Um, it, it heavily relies on on uh, talking about historical events like Vietnam. And, right, right, yeah. And, and the Korean War and all that, because they talk about Iron Man, because uh, Iron Man got his... Uh, he was, he was, was he in the Korean War? I know it was with the communists and stuff like that, too. So. I think it was the Vietnam. Yeah, so basically it deals with uh, Iron Man over at Vietnam. Um, but 
it's a whole overarching thing because Flash is going off to war, which he did in the comic, mm-hmm. and Peter dealing with that, trying to see, I'm a superhero, Iron Man's over there. Is it my responsibility to do that? Right. They talk. Right. He he sees he sees in, in the news that they're talking about Captain America and whether or not he should go over there. Yeah. So Spider Man's really kind of like, I don't want to go. Do I feel a need to go? Uh, well, you know, his great power comes great responsibility. Whole deal. Right. Right. And it's it's great. And then it kind of takes a left turn. Oh no! <laughs> and not in a bad way. Oh okay. But it's following comic history as it happened all the way up to when. Green Goblin reveals himself and is like, "Oh, by the way, I'm Green Goblin. I know you're. I know you're Spider Man. I'm going to beat you up and do all this stuff." Oh, yeah, yeah. Peter defeats him like he does in a comic, but in comic history, he doesn't do anything about it. He's just like, "Let's just hope he never remembers again." <laughs> and in this one, he's like, "You know what? I'm going to call the cops." Ah, so he calls the cops, and Norman Osborn gets arrested, and it's, huh. he's out. Everyone knows that he's Green Goblin. Interesting. Like, way before it naturally happens in comic history. So they they do kind of alter it a little bit. Yeah, and then and then in this particular book, um, he encounters Cap, talks to Cap about Vietnam and all, and how he feels about that. Cap tells him he should be staying here because his ability to do good in in the states is 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 going to be better than him going overseas. That makes sense. Yeah, and then and then Cap, uh, the following year, we find out Cap is in Vietnam. Uh huh. And I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it seems like there could be a a clash between Cap and Iron Man in Vietnam, which is kind of interesting. Oh, interesting. Now I don't know what that's going to mean because the next book is going to be a seventies, and then it's going to be the eighties, right. and so right. on and so forth. But really good, really really good. I Excellent. love the cover. Good, this good. book is easily a six. Oh wow, it's great. Awesome, it's really really good. <laughs> if you like Spider Man, oh, if you don't like Spider Man, it'll be a five. But it would not drop <laughs> Even below then, five. That's so yeah. Good. yeah, I happen to be a huge fan of Spider Man, so yeah. so I'll let you take that and you can read it and give it back to me when you get a chance. Thank no big deal. That is definitely right up my alley. Yeah, and those are my books. Excellent. All right, now we'll move on to my books, and my first book will not be a surprise to anybody that knows me. <laughs> And that is Star Wars Vader Dark Visions. That slipped right past me. Like, I don't think it even reached a shelf. Oh, really? Yeah. I, like, I was like, oh, I want to get this. And it was not on our shelves. And this is a five-part miniseries. So they're doing, they keep doing interesting things with the Darth Vader books. Yep. They had two volumes, I guess you could say, that both went up to 25 issues. Yeah. And then this is a five-issue miniseries. Yeah. It was, they just did uh, Tales from Vader's Castle. That was a miniseries? Yes. Yeah. Um, and this this is issue one. Issue two is out, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Um, and it is written by Dennis Hopeless Hallam. So is it Dennis Hopeless Hallam? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's drawn by pa- pa- Paolo Villanelli. Interesting. Um, and it's basically, this is, this is a tale about Darth Vader. Um, and I'm not exactly sure when it takes place, but it starts off with a battle with the rebellion, a big space battle over the, uh, over this planet. And it is a cool. Oh yeah. That's a double page. That's a great splash page. Double splash page of, of, a of the battle, which looks really sweet. I took a, a few minutes just yeah looking that over it's just going over in. every yeah. inch of yep. that that's pretty cool and then um it turns out that 
Vader is in his TIE fighter and he's 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 doing some dog fighting and stuff. And um he gets hit and his ship crashes on this planet. And this story is told from the angle of this child on a planet. Mm-hmm. And these aliens are kind of weird. They're humanoid with like bluish skin. They don't really have noses. They just have slits for noses. Mm-hmm. And apparently their world, this is this is where it gets it gets a little weird but yeah. interesting. Their world was um invaded by this giant like kaiju type monster. Okay. Godzilla monster that they call it they call it a god. Oh wow, it's huge. It's, yeah, it's huge. It it's like level it's like Godzilla size. Yeah. And it leveled their cities and it forced them all underground. Yeah. And then once every so often, I don't know how long, it goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. And they call that the sleep, and that's when they can come out of their tunnels and, you know, enjoy the, the real world and yeah. everything. But anyway, Darth Vader crashes right into the monster, and there's a cool scene where he's, he break, he busts out of his TIE fighter, and um, and he, he's just staring down at the monster's eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the you know, the kids, the, the story's told, like I said, from the kid's perspective, mm-hmm. and it's mostly in, in his captions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So... He makes it seem like Darth Vader is this shining black knight. Yeah, this hero that, that shows yeah, up. That has come to rescue them and <clears throat> yeah, all this yeah. stuff. Which, um, so the monster wakes up. So, of course, Vader fights the monster. Yeah. And um, they have a they have an epic battle. And uh, there's even a part with Vader riding a weird alien horse. Now, is that just a, the kid's interpretation or did that actually happen? It doesn't actually specify. Okay. So, it could be either. It could be both it's hard to say yeah but the way it's told it's it's from the kid's perspective so yep. it could just be his interpretation mm-hmm. but like this the vader jumping through the air yeah into the mo- mouth of the monster and stuff because he has he has the way it's done it's it's definitely more of an epic battle than yep. than it might have been in reality yeah so that part's probably the kid's interpretation but but then um Spoiler alert, Vader ends up killing the monster. No. Okay, no. <laughs> he does, yes. Um he and he uses like all a whole bag of force tricks and lightsaber fighting to do it. A whole bag of lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um and then it's interesting. So there was one there was one part I'm not totally sure what was supposed to be going on, but there was one part where the kid he's watching from a dis from a from a spot and he gets he gets um, seen by the giant monster, and the yeah. giant monster is going to kill the kid. Yeah. But Vader force pushes the kid away. Yeah. So then, um, which is interesting. But then after Vader kills the monster, the kid thanks him. He says thank you, and Vader says, "You should not thank me, child." And then you're like, "Uh oh, what's he going to do now?" But then at that moment, um, a star destroyer comes out of the sky and picks Vader up, basically. Yeah. yeah. And is him and his broken tie fighter so he takes him away and at that point vader says to the kid he goes the force is with you today <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny yeah so it was interesting it was pretty good um but from what i understand this series is going to be about vader but told from other people's perspectives yeah like i know i know um even though i haven't read it yet i know mm-hmm. epi- uh, episode episode two 
Issue two is about a an imperial officer who messes up and basically, you know, he does he's trying to avoid Vader at all costs so Vader won't, you know, force choke him to death. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to reading that one. But it looks it looks pretty interesting. Oh yeah. If it's gonna be told from other people's perspectives on Vader, I kinda like that idea. Yep. This is a lot different than what I thought it was. Um I originally thought it was gonna be um like a historical perspective change, like they show on the front cover of him as a as a black knight. Yeah, and I was his, like, with his lights. I was like, is this just going to be stuff? like what if stories of, of Darth Vader? But it's not, which is what I like. And the, and and what's interesting to note, if you look at the way they draw the lightsaber, mm-hmm. I think that's the way the kid sees it, mm-hmm. and like it's more, um, it's more raw in a way. It looks yeah. like more raw energy. Yeah. yeah. So I think that might be the kid's vi- view. Of the lightsaber, which is interesting. But um, I'm really looking forward to the rest of this series. Um, and this issue, I will go with a... Uh, I really like the concept. Um, I like the artwork. Um, it's a Star Wars book, so that automatically bumps it up. <laughs> uh, so I'll give it a 5 out of 6. That's good. 5 out of 6 for this one. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Now, next up, I have... Domino Hot Shots. I didn't even see that one. Um, I had I had read about this, so I knew it was coming. So I was looking out for it. This is uh, written by Gail Simone, mm-hmm. uh, drawn by David Baldione, and it is uh, I think it's a continuation of the Domino series. Oh, did they I, cancel her series? I think so. Okay. I was reading. I but I don't. I think they might have canceled it for to. Yeah, to change it into this, yeah, yeah. Um, I've and I I've read the beginning of the Domino series, which was it was good, yeah. but I didn't end up sticking with it. But I figured I'd check this one out to see how it goes. And this this issue is interesting. It starts off with a, a little a little bit of a the cold open, as they say, in which a meteorite crashes. Um, I think it's it's either the north pole one of the or the poles. South poles, one of the yeah. poles, yeah. And there's a couple scientists down there. One of the scientists, of course, gets too close to it, and he starts getting whatever the asteroid was starts taking him over. Yeah, he gets you know, powers. The standard comp. Yeah, thing. yeah, pretty yeah. standard stuff. But then it cuts to France, and you see Domino meeting up with Black Widow, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I love Black Widow. And so basically, Black Widow called Domino because... She wants Domino to go down and find out what's going on with this artifact, she okay. calls it. Yep. And but in the meantime, what's fun is that Domino is talking to Black Widow, but she's she's like totally fangirling. She's geeking out. out. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, <laughs> I love it. You're awesome. You're the best and all that stuff. And then Black Widow says, uh, tells her about the artifact and everything. And she says, uh, oh, and I'm not here to hire you. I'm going to join you. Oh, she geeks out even more. Yeah. So she becomes a part of the team. So and then, and then there's there's a part where uh, Black Widow says, "Oh, there's there's a couple of guys back there watching us. You know, something's up with them." So Domino goes, "I got this," and she basically takes them all out. Yeah. And then, uh, and then after that, Black Widow says, "Oh, you did a good job," and 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 uh, except uh, you missed one. And Black Widow throws a knife and and Domino at a, at a woman dressed up in like a suit and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Domino says, oh, no, she's with me. And then the woman catches Black Widow's knife. Yeah, that's cool. 
And it's a, a character called the, what was it, the Silver Fox? Oh, yeah. Sable? Oh, Silver Sable? No, it's not Silver Sable. It's some... Silver Fox was a guy, originally. It was a Silver Sable's dad, I think. Oh, it's White Fox, excuse me. Oh, okay, White Fox, yeah. Excuse me. Um, and then, so, you see her team, you know, she her team gets picked up in a Wakandan ship, mm-hmm. and her team is uh, Diamondback and Outlaw, who I know were both in the, in the Domino book, Yeah, Black Widow, White Fox, and a woman from Wakanda called Atlas Bear, huh. who is an exiled Wakandian. So, of course, you know... They don't all trust each other that well, but it's a it's it's a good little interesting little character book. And they go and they find you know they go and try to find out what's going on. They see the 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 guy who's been yeah being transformed. Oh, he's very Kirby'd out. Yes, very Kirby'd <laughs> out. In fact, um, he's so Kirby'd out that they actually say at one point that the artifact is from a celestial. Oh, okay. So that's what. That he appears to be transforming into some kind of a celestial. Oops, spoiled the the end there. They and, uh, and they're, at they're the doing end, a lot with celestials now. Yeah, yeah, and that is a reason because they're probably going to make the Eternals movie that they keep mentioning. Right. So. Which the latest buzz is that Angelina Jolie could be in the Eternals. No, you're kidding me. No, that's what they're saying. They didn't say what character, but that was the latest. And also that they could possibly be featuring Hercules in mm. the Eternals, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, and at the end of that issue, uh, somebody shows up, but not to save the day, but to take out Domino and her team. Mm. Um, so the book was it was interesting. It was good. Um, the artwork was decent. Um, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's really good. Actually, yeah, it is pretty good, especially when you do look at the guy transforming into yeah. the Celestial. Yeah. It's very, very Kirby-esque. Yeah. Um, so, um, this, this stand, the story is kind of standard at the moment, yes. Um, but for a first issue, it was kind of a standard, but it could be, it could get interesting. This is a dazzling debut issue. issue. Yes, it is. Debut. <laughs> Debut. Debut. <laughs> Debut. Um, so... It's a good cover too. Yeah. Um, but overall for first issue, uh I'll go with a four, I guess. Okay, that's good. And I'm gonna you know I think it's hard for issue ones to be awesome. It is because it's, very hard. Uh, it's all set up. And yes. we've read enough comics that every right. issue one is especially for a team book, it's hey, right. we formed a team. Hey, right. here's and, our mission. And what's going on. The thing of it is whether or not it makes you want to read more. Yeah. Which, this one, I'll stick with it for a little while, see where it goes. Now, my next book is Meet the Scrolls. Yeah, I wanted to read that, so I'm glad that you read it and can tell me about it. I, uh, I almost put it on my sub. In fact, it was supposed to be in my sub, but John didn't give it to me. Oh, really? And when it was, I noticed it was up there, I was like, well, uh, I'll flip through it. And then I didn't end up not having time to read it, so it kind of fell on the wayside. Um, You could borrow it if you want. I uh, still, still, still wanted the store. Oh, huh. I do want to know what you think about them. So, you know what it was? It was the movie. The movie uh, deterred me a little bit from scrolls. Oh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> so, this is. I hate when they don't put the the last page. I checked the last page. It wasn't there. Oh, fourth page in. I have no. Oh, there it is. Way over here. All right. So it's written by Robbie Thompson and drawn by Nico 
Hen Hen Henry Sean mm-hmm. Henry Sean? Yeah, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it is a story about a family, and it is a mother and a father mm-hmm. and two daughters, mm-hmm. and it's kind of told from the perspective of the youngest daughter, and um, she she's one of those um kids that gets bullied, picked on by the other girls, and yeah. all that. So uh, it starts out with her there and a school. It actually it starts out with the definition of a scroll, yeah, which is interesting. Um, and it starts off with um, somebody actually is going after these families of scrolls. Yeah, we don't know who yet. Uh, and then it goes to the youngest daughter, and she's being picked on by some other girls at school, some mean girls. See, when I was flipping through it, I read that as in the. The girl picking on the other one was the sis- was the sister because they look so similar, but I know it's not. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and then, you know, she she turns into a butterfly and flies home. <laughs> it's kind of cute. Yeah. And then uh, she gets home and she has dinner with her family and you find out that they are scrolls and they are infiltrating uh, Earth and their mission is to... Find out all they can about this um, project that's being worked on that will allow humans to to uh, d- to see who is a scroll oh, okay. or to detect yeah. who is a scroll. So their mission is to try to infiltrate people involved with the project and stop and, it and stop it. Yeah. Well, first to find out all the information they can mm-hmm. and then to stop it. For example, the oldest daughter is becoming friends with a girl whose father is working on the project. Yeah. And uh, the the wife is... Uh, oh, this is kind of interesting. So the wife is dealing with a, uh, I believe, a senator or something like that mm-hmm. on the project. So she blackmails the senator. And to do that, she gets pictures taken of a woman with the senator. Yeah. But she, it's implied that she's the woman. Oh, then she just shapeshifted she into the woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. And then um, you, the the father is working in the lab, and it gets uh, it's one of Tony Stark's labs. Okay. So it gets busted in by a fight with Tony and and somebody oh, else. Oh, really? Yeah. And then um, it's interesting. It's kind of interesting because it goes. Um, you also find out that the the family. The mother and the father, um, they're not actually in love or anything. They were yeah. put together. Yeah. And and they had to have a family for this. Um, they were put together because they were thought that the elders thought they would have uh their offspring would have a lot of potential. Yeah. Yeah. So it's inter- it's an, an arranged marriage. It was yeah. arranged arranged spy marriage. Yes. And the because the 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 mother comes from a planet that is kind of viewed as inferior. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic there. And um of course then there's the the sub story somebody's attacking these infiltrator in skull infiltrators and killing them. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting and uh I kind of like the artwork. The artwork's Yeah, I know. I looked through it. It's funny when you talked about the inferior the inferior versions of those races now the Creed did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I also was I also uh years back, maybe 5 years ago now, they uh they reinterpreted the Star Blazers cartoon and they redid all the animation and everything. Oh yeah. And 
I don't know if you ever watched the original Star Blazers, but oh, the, yeah. the Gamma yeah. Lines. I used the, to love that. Yeah. The Gamma Lines, they originally attack them, were, were, were the same color as, like, you know, pink humans. Or, 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 or Right, yeah. <laughs> and then eventually they become blue, but they never explain it. Mm. So in the uh, in the remade one, you find out that true Gamelons are blue Gamelons, and they've taken over so many other planets that um, they become Gamelon only in name. They're part of the Empire. Oh, right, So those, right. weren't, those weren't pure planet Gamelons. So I think it's just interesting. And they're automatically a lower class. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Is that one, is the the remake one any good? Oh, it's awesome. It's so good. check it out. Like, if you like the original one, and I love the original I used to one. love the original, yeah. It, it really, it gives a lot of other characters more background material. Like, there was a lot of characters with background already, but they introduce more female characters, and they make them more important, because they weren't very important in the original mm-hmm. one, unfortunately. Um, and then uh, they also expand on the Gamelons, the reason why they're taking over the other planets, and... Uh, their relationship with Iskandar, which is the other planet that it was, it was, it was rotating. There were two planets. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. So yeah, it's only worth watching. It's oh, a cool. lot of it's oh. out there online. You can just watch for free on like legal services, not like bootleg services. Right, right. So yeah. I'll have to check it out. All right. My next book is age of Conan Bellet. Yeah. I'm dying to hear about this book too. Bellet, Billy Bellet. Um, and this is written by Tim Howard and drawn by Kate, Nem Nemchik? Yeah. Nemzik? Yeah, of course. Sure. And I must also note that the cover artist is Sana Takeda, who did who also does um Monstrous. Oh yeah. Really? Hold it up. Yes. And I love Sana Takeda Takeda's artwork. Yeah, and it, I never once put like, that together. I mean I saw the cover and I, I and I liked it, but I never once thought it was the same person who did Monstrous. Yeah. It's just beautiful artwork. Yep. I kind of wish. I kind of wish. You kind of wish she did the whole thing, or he yeah, did the whole thing. I, I, I wish. Yeah. But, but but the artist is pretty decent. Yeah. Um. So this is the tale of Bellet, the pirate. Um. And it starts with her as a teenager, and her father is the retired pirate king, and um. The she's dread, the basi- dread pirate Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah, and she's basically like uh she doesn't. She's kind of impetuous and stuff. She, you know, she she doesn't understand her father. Now that he's retired, he's kind of he's kind of mellowed out a bit, yeah, you know. Yeah. And she doesn't understand why. Yeah, he can only do parody things for so long. Exactly. <laughs> and he, you know, he's older, he's wiser, and she she wants, you know, she thinks he should be, you know, treating people different and everything. Yeah. Worse. Um, and then uh, she goes out on a rowboat to some kind of le- like school lesson or something yeah. pirate lesson. And while she's doing that, her father who is watching her on the shore gets attacked and kidnapped oh. by uh, a group that is hired, has been hired to capture him and kill him to pay for his pirate crimes. Yeah. So like bounty hunters. Yeah, basically. So, um, her teacher who is, it's, uh, Nyaga. Oh, God. I wouldn't be able to read that. N apostrophe Y A G A, which I never know. Like that's that's the one thing that always bugs me about like the Martian Manhunters. Oh, yeah. All the characters are like that. And I'm like, I don't know how you're supposed to say that. <laughs> um, but anyway, he, he, you know, she's all upset because her father's been taken. So he sedates her and she sedates wakes- Sedates her? Yeah, he, <laughs> he just he, he, like he gives her, her like a little gives her some booze. You know, just you know, just calm down a little. 
<laughs> and she wakes up later on in her bed, and um, she finds out that her father's been taken to an island offshore mm-hmm. um, to to be given a uh, a sailor's death, a pirate's death, basically. Hung? No, not hung. He's been tied to a post and left on the island. Oh, yeah. That's one of the other things that they did. To have the elements take, yep. take him out. Um, and she wants to rescue him, but he won't, he won't let her because he's been beaten up and he says, he, you know, he doesn't want to be nursed back to health. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's too proud for all that. And, uh, he says he has to pay his debts. So yeah. he basically dies. And then he says, um, basically, um, Bella says she's going to learn everything she can about being a pirate so she can be just like her. And he yeah. says. He says, no, not like me. And then she says, well, then better. I'll be better than you. And then she comes back later at night, and he's he's basically saying, I'm dying, mm-hmm. but I don't want to die like this. So she says, I understand. So she pulls out her knife, and she kills him. Oh. And then she goes back to the village, and she finds out that uh, people are burning and stealing her father's fleet of ships. Yeah, because he's, everyone knows he's dead now. We're going. Right. Yeah. Yep. So then... She attacks a couple of the guys, and she frees one of the ships. And then she comes across uh, some other pirates sailing the seas. and Takes their bas- ship? Hmm? Does she take their ships? No, they decide to help her. Oh, okay. Basically. Um, because, uh, because, oh wait, she, gets, she does get captured by some slavers, and that's when... That's when she they come across the other ship and they rescue her because she's been captured by slavers yeah. and put in a little a little box a little box yeah. with so basically um, they join forces with her and uh, the story ends with a shot of the ship and some giant tentacles coming out of the ocean yeah so again basically it's another you know it's a first issue it's Conan at sea it's <laughs> except there's no Conan this time so. <laughs> <laughs> no Conan. It's we, the at sea. We are. Conan. We already know you like Conan at sea. So <laughs> I did. Yes. Um. And I like this one. It was. It was a good. It was a good origin of the character. And um. It's. It's. Uh. Interesting. I do not like the art. I like the art a lot. It doesn't fit this book. This is like a child's child's book. Yes, I kind choice. of agree with you on that. I'm not sure the artwork fits. No, not at all. I mean, this is set in the world of Conan. Right. This needs to be grittier and and less like a um, I don't know, like an animated, like yeah, an animated almost, cartoon, almost a cartoonish book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I want to stress the fact that the art is very good. It just doesn't fit. Right. Again, now, if the cover artist had done it, it would have been a whole different world. <laughs> if 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 the cover artist Sonic Takeda was doing this book, drawing this book. This would have been a full Infinity Gauntlet book. Yeah. <laughs> As it is, um, it has potential. The art is uh, like it's exactly what you said. It it is good. It's just not quite what I was expecting from. Yeah, this it book. doesn't. It doesn't fit the. It doesn't fit the, the book. I mean, if I'm going to read anything set in any kind of Conan verse, it's going to be a little bit darker, a little bit deeper, a little and bit. With, yeah, a little bit something. and with pirates and stuff, especially. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with a four. Again for this issue, yep. this first issue. One was, more time. This is was, very, this is very bright. It's it was also good, a but book. yeah, it was good, but it had a few issues. I suppose the Caribbean place. 
Uh, I suppose you could look at it that way. <laughs> and maybe the book will get darker. It doesn't need to at this point. It's established itself as being that way. Yeah, but, I, I mean, suppose so. Like, I don't think Avenging Avengers is going to be a very dark book. Yeah. So, Savage Avengers? Savage Avengers, yeah. yeah. Avenging Avengers. <laughs> we are the Avenging Avengers <laughs> who avenge. <laughs> I'm st- I can't wait for that to come yeah. out. I'm still waiting. All right, so next up, I have the new uh, Transformers book from IDW. Now, IDW recently ended their Transformers run, and this is a new book, and I'm not sure if it's tied to the original. I was just talking about that book today with the group because we uh, we played the Transformers card game at the right, store yeah, today, yeah. and a couple of people read, Which, uh, read that sorry, comic, missed, but- and... Uh, I was like, is this a total revamp? Like, I had read somewhere, or imagined I had read somewhere, that it was a total reboot. I don't know if that's true or not. Like I said, I just I could have just dreamt it. I'm <laughs> not sh- Well, all right. So the thing is, this takes place on Cybertron. Yeah. Before they hit Earth. Before they ever left for Earth. Yes. This is- this I bought that also on that book. This is Orion Pax, not Optimus Prime. Okay. He's going by Orion Pax. Yeah. But that's Optimus Prime. But it's Optimus. It's, before, it's Optimus. It's before he gets the Matrix of Leadership. Right. Right? Yeah. But he's he's going, He's everybody calls him Orion. And Megatron is... Called Tommy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Megatron is not leader of the Decepticons. Yeah. Um, he's a rival, you know, he's he's just a, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Wasn't he in charge of a security force? Like in the in the old days, or I don't know, something like. Well, he was a miner, like, like a, he mined like a young stuff. person. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, he he was he 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 was in the worked in the mines, but right now he's he's the leader of a faction that is unhappy with the way things are going. Yeah. So it's still the basic, the same basic ideas. There's not much they're going to change. Transformers, if they're going to go right. the G1 version, Transformers are going to have to stay enough of the same. I just saw that was probably an opportunity for them to dump all the baggage because I went on Wikipedia once to try and figure out, you know, what I need to know about the Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes back billions of years. Yeah. Well, so before this came out, which actually makes me think it might be a part of that universe still, but they came out right in between the last issue of the last series and this issue, they came out with a book called the... Historia, whatever it was, yeah. but it, it basically it was a a history of yeah. the series from the first IDW all the way through, and it's it it's a thick book. Yeah, I haven't even read it yet because I'm like I'll get to it at some point, and it's all prose, so it's like oh, is it? Yeah, wow. it, it's but yeah, so there was a lot going on, and I I I came in late into the IDW Transformers books, mm-hmm. so I missed a lot mm-hmm. of. The, originals the first stuff yeah so there's there's even when i was reading it there's stuff they would reference and i'm like i, I read all the dreamwave stuff and dreamwave eventually became right IDW, i think yep. mm-hmm. yeah but um this is an interesting book because it takes it's the cybertron before so you know and it windblades in it is that a wind, name windblade windblades in yeah. it yep which windblade um i think that's a new thing right yeah that's a new character like no no she's not a new she, character but that's a new no, thing but, that she was around yeah at that point yeah because in the other series she was fa- she came in later because mm. she was on a colony world 
um and his bumblebee and everything and and um um so basically it's you know the story of the transformers from back when they were still on cybertron before, before they were autobots and before they were decepticons mm-hmm. before so, the big war and like we were talking about the other day the uh the, the bumblebee movie <laughs> i still haven't seen that it's yet. so good it's actually no, i take that back it's a good teen movie if you like teen movies yeah but the part of the part we were laughing at was uh there's one part where uh john cena is in the uh, guy in the army i think it's john cena and he's yeah. like the two robots two decepticons come to earth and they they're, they're talking to the earthlings and they're like we're here for this reason to capture this runaway robot who's here to hurt you guys and then john Cena's <laughs> character just looks at the guy in charge is like does it set off any bells that they're called decepticons <laughs> <laughs> is that just me <laughs> i mean you know just think about it and, uh in this book they're not decepticons yet as i said they are called ascenticons oh what a great name because they want to ascend above their role in life so it's interesting and i don't know where they're going with it but i'm on board yeah why not being a transformers fan look at it you got, um, you got a different cover than I got. You got one of the better covers. So, I guess I'm going to stick with the four on that one. It's all fours this week. Yeah, I mean, unless it hits it out of the park, like I said. I mean, it's just going to be an average book. Yeah, and I'm I'm interested to see where they go with it, but right now I'm like, I don't know. It's not, I don't know. But it's Transformers, so yeah. I love the Transformers. Yeah, so. exactly. Just my love for DC is there. This I'm interested to hear about. I didn't even know this book existed. Like, you took the Transformers and picked it up, and I saw the book beneath it, and I was like, what is this, <laughs> and how did I miss it? This is Astro Hustle, and I actually read about it um, in the comic shop news, so I'm like, oh, I'll have to check it out. So, it's a sci-fi, space piratey kind of uh, book. It's from Dark Horse, which means I automatically, if someone says Dark Horse Comics, I stop listening. I know, me too, usually. <laughs> I'm like, when I'm looking at the list of books that are coming out, I'll get to Dark Horse. And I'm like, I never buy any Dark Horse. So I'll just get, but I read about this one, so it's interesting. This this is written by Jay Nitz, weird name, art by Tom Riley, letters by Crank. Ooh, I know Crank. <laughs> um, and it's got a little, it's got a little bit of uh, the cheeky sexiness yep. Yep. and stuff. And it starts off with this space station and. There's apparently a bachelor party going on at the space station. It's uh, sometimes a little yep. you know, men in Speedos, <laughs> uh, alien men in Speedos. And um, there's one woman who it who can't go to the bachelor party because she has to be on monitor duty. So um, she's on her monitor duty, and all of a sudden a strange ship shows up that has been that had vanished a long time ago. A ghost ship. A ghost ship. Um, that's flown by this character Chen Andalou. Andalou, and um, then uh, is it a pirate ship? I'm not exactly sure because on the front cover, there's a pirate ship. It might be, but then uh, something happens to the woman. She gets a little betrayed, and uh, something happens to all the guests at the oh. all the people. Hmm. They're all in space. They're all ejected into space. By a robot, and then it switches to the uh, the story of what happened to this this guy. Uh, what did I say his name was? Uh, 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 Chen Chen Andalou? Is that what I said? 
Let me check. Chen Andrew, yeah. So it gets into his story and how, um, where, you know, what his origin is and everything. And um, his origin is a secret. His origin is he was a prisoner. I love the fact that he's in an old fashioned prison uniform. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the black and white stripes. And uh, he and his fellow prisoners escape, including a big, huge guy, big Hulk like guy. And um, it turns out that one of the prisoners was a space pirate. Oh. So he takes Chen on, and uh, like, this is funny. So his first mate <laughs> is a scantily clad woman who Chen immediately falls in love with. <laughs> and she's doing a classic pirate pose. <laughs> yeah. Hoi <laughs> hoi. And uh, they, uh, they run away. And the book ends with uh, them almost getting captured again. So. Uh, it's interesting. This is another lightly animated book or lightly drawn book. Yes. But this does this fits. It fits in that in that instance. And it, it's a it's a it's kind of basically an old fashioned fun sci fi Flash Gordon esque. Eject everybody in the space. Yeah. It it's it's like a little bit tongue in cheek, but a little bit, you know, a little but it's fun. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I'm kinda interested in that one. Yeah, I like it. I would read this book. I almost is it a mini I I almost thought I, I think it might be a mini series. Um, Astro Hustle masterfully recalls UK comics of yore, boisterous, raunchous, sexy, and yes, violent. Yes, lose yourself in the action. <laughs> From the writer and director of Star Trek II, Dorothea. It actually, um, I could see that being a heavy metal story too. There is a bulldog <laughs> that dresses like a pirate. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, I'd read this book. <laughs> it's fun. It's it's interesting. I'm looking forward to reading more of it. Yes, Andy has a gun. Yeah, a he's, a, he's a humanoid. Well, not humanoid. He's an anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic bulldog. bulldog. I think it's um, it's interesting that Dark Horse is doing something outside of a licensed, uh, licensed book. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to a customer in the store the other day, and he's like, what does Dark Horse own anymore? And we're like, nothing. It doesn't own anything anymore. Yeah, they lost, lost all their licenses. It lost basically, basically everything. Yeah. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out what, what they're going to put out, apparently. In your hands is one of the things that they're going to try. Um, it makes me wonder if they're going to reach out to try and do more um, European-style uh, comics. There's another company out there. That would be interesting. Called Titan. And Titan, we, yeah. we talked about this guy company before, and they, they do a lot of Euro books. And they either reprint this, reprint books that are print, printed over there. Oh, yeah. Or they just kind of reinterpret them over here. That's kind of interesting. Where's your dog? Where is he? Right. Woof! Right there. Look at him. He's got a little... Uh, Little musket, little blunderbuss. I'm looking forward to to uh, seeing more of his character. Yeah, he seems pretty happy. <laughs> but um, I I think I'm going to give this one a five. Oh, all right. It was fun. Yep. And I'm really looking forward to see. It's only a four issue miniseries, so that's yeah, even better. So it, it's not going to be long, and I'm looking forward to what they do with this. Yep. So I will definitely be reading more. Seems like exactly the kind of thing I would read in the '80s. I love it. Oh, definitely. Yes, <laughs> definitely. All right. So that's going to do it for our reviews. So we got a few things we want to talk about, discuss. And the first thing is uh, the uh, um, DC. Yes. DC Universe. DC Universe Direct. Is that what they're called? DC yeah. Universe Ac- All Access. Oh, yeah. Where 
And uh, Doom Patrol, which you have seen, I have not seen. So I bought into uh, I bought into it right away when they well not right away I I, I waited, I waited <clears> for a few <throat> excuse me for a few months when uh, Kevin Smith did his like like marathon like mm, right yeah I remember <laughs> fundraiser that. to get people to, to subscribe to it I immediately bought into it. Um, your cat's trying to get in, I think. Yeah, yeah here comes your does. cat. Um, so anyway. I bought into that, and I haven't regretted it since. I don't necessarily use it so much for the comics, but I really enjoy. I've enjoyed uh, Titans an awful lot, and Doom Patrol, which, if anybody here has uh, maybe heard or seen a little bit of Titans, Doom Patrol is way better. Really? Uh, yeah, Titans kind of. I love the Teen Titans, or I love the Titans, and it was done very well. But the level of violence that was in it, uh, blood wise, kind of didn't put me off. But I just wasn't expecting that. It was. It was. It's the too Titan, much. The, for... Titan, the Titans is very violent. Like I mean, there's a lot of like. Right. When Robin beats people up, he's like really beating them up like bad. But oh, it's really? it's also realistic. I mean, if you punch somebody in the face a couple times, sure, but their face is going to turn to mush. Right. But um. But that's not that's that's not, not something I'd expect from the Titans. Right. Right. So um, it's not huge levels of gore, but it's just you know all our life we've read comics. It's like pow bam, they get right, knocked right, out. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that being said. I've enjoyed I enjoyed Titans quite a lot, and all my friends that I watch, that I had watch it with me enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, even my friend's wife, who doesn't like that these kind of shows, was really kind of waiting for the next episode to come out. Mm. So we all transitioned to Doom Patrol. And if you've ever read any of the Grant Morrison stuff, it mm-hmm. has the same level of weirdness that that has. Ah, yes, and the yes. Doom Patrol is incredible. It's really much better than the Titans. Oh wow! Um, the characterization that they have of Robot Man and and the Negative Man and Elastigirl is great. They feel very much like flawed people that don't want to be superheroes, uh, and they don't act like superheroes, but they have these abilities. Like, Elastigirl is just constantly trying to stop herself from becoming a blob, because if you are familiar at all with her abilities, she can alter her body. And in the comics, she can get smaller or bigger and stretch a bit. Right. In the TV show, um, she doesn't have full control over the changes her body does, so when she... Loses control. It looks like she's kind of having a stroke. Like half her face starts to kind of melt. Oh, really? And uh, or like or like her leg will just like gravity is just grabbing onto her her huh? her flesh and just pulling all all of her mass down. So oh, wow. you know her lower leg gets really big. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she loses it um, in, in episode one or two, I think episode two, they decide to go visit town, which they haven't visited town in forever. She gets stressed out and she loses control and she just becomes this giant mass of rolling flesh <laughs> that actually endangers the town. Oh um, wow! Anyway, it's really good. Um, who's the guy that plays Robot Man? Brendan Fraser. Oh yeah, uh, he's the voice for Robot Man. Yeah, and he is hysterical. <laughs> he is so <laughs> funny as Robot Man. Um, just every, everything about it. The main bad guy, Mister Nobody, is. Uh, the actor that was in Firefly and the guy who played the robot for my robot, I can't remember his name, but he's very famous. And uh, he has, he's, his, he's got reality altering powers and he's also aware that he's in a TV show. So he addresses the viewers directly. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and he, he cannot be in a scene with, with the, 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 the Doom Patrol. So he's all okay. So the, the main bad guy, Mister Nobody, who's self aware that he's in a oh, show. It's Alan Tudyk. That's it. Yeah. So Ooh, was K two S O as well. Oh, that's right. Yep. So he is also the narrator from the show. So 
whenever there's a new scene opening or they, that needs any kind of narration, it's his voice. Mm. But the thing is, is that if he narrates a scene with the Doom Patrol in it, they hear him. <laughs> so there's always them like looking around like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh, um, I like it. I like it. This yeah, sounds interesting. It's really, really good. And every every episode is something patrol, like, I don't know, like Quiet Patrol or Puppet Patrol. Because there was one episode that was just all puppets. It was very cool. Um, but the last episode, not the one this week, because I haven't seen it yet, but the one last week was called Doom Patrol. And they went to, because uh, they've been trying to find the chief who's been missing. Right. So their most expensive actor. The guy that probably cost them the most money is the guy that is never on the show, <laughs> obviously. Um, but they're going to try and find him. And uh, they go to his other mansion, and they find out that he, there's another Doom Patrol there. And if you have any knowledge of DC Comics, the original Doom Patrol was Robot Man, Elastigirl, Negative Man, um, uh, Changeling, or Beast Boy. And I might be missing one other one. Um, after, they, after they were killed off by General Mortis... And DC tried to bring him back in the 70s, in, in the mid-70s. It was Robot Man, who was kind of restyled to look like a really weird sci-fi robot. Um, a woman named Celsius, a guy named Tempest, and then another character. And they were very 70s. They had, like, matching uniforms. But that, that was not that was a different Tempest than the Aquaman Yes, it was a different sidekick. Tempest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, those characters <clears throat> are in this other Doom Patrol that they go and meet in the show. Oh, and, really? and they did a great job with them. I mean, they did everything just just right. The costumes were were very close to it was in the comics and oh, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was just really really good. Um, so it's a little bit more than halfway through, and uh, it's just the whole cast is doing really well. And I just say, I just say, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh wow! Yeah, I would oh. suggest you watch it. I suggest cool. you subscribed <laughs> to the service. Well, we'll see about we'll see. Uh, I haven't watched any of their other stuff. Like I haven't watched your animated shows. I haven't watched Young Justice or any of those other things. And there's a new Harley Quinn car- Harley Quinn cartoon series coming oh, out. Right, yeah. A girl from uh, Bing Bang Theory. Yeah. The girl who plays Penny is going to be the voice of her. Mm-hmm. They uh, also uh, just remastered all the original Shazam Saturday morning live action stuff. Oh right. But I've been waiting that, yeah. for that to come out for a yeah, while. Yeah. And they're they're terrible. They're really, really bad. Like I remember watching them as a kid and liking it a lot. Well, but sure, they're all yeah. they're all PSAs. It's all like don't yeah. joyride kids. Basically, yeah. Don't smoke. <laughs> it's all that's all that this is. This is what will happen to you if you smoke. I was uh looking at the forums and when they released it, one guy in the forums is like, Oh, I see that Shazam, you know, the original Shazam is on there. But I've watched the first couple of episodes and uh does he ever fight a villain? And everybody's <laughs> like, No, he fights he fights illiteracy. <laughs> he fights. He fights litter. You know what's a villain? <laughs> oh, there's no villains in this thing. No, yeah, yeah but it's pretty cool. I'd say uh, if you, anybody who hasn't seen it should try and watch it. Speaking of which, the thing is, one more thing is, I think that eventually they're going to go over to Netflix. They haven't announced it yet, but I think eventually that stuff's going to move over to Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah, that's my that's my suspicion because uh, ABC uh, Discovery is uh available on netflix outside the united states and i think after it airs like last season one of discovery i think might be available to watch on netflix now or will soon be available to watch and so i figure after a year or so i wouldn't i don't see any reason why dc wouldn't make money by making mm-hmm. it available other places right yeah now speaking of shazam that's coming out oh i'm so psyched for that movie next week 
I am too, actually. Yeah, I know a couple people from the store that went to go see the sneak preview yeah, last week, and they I said have. they liked it quite a bit. Now, I have a friend who went to go see it in the preview, and he loved it. Now, uh, full disclosure, though, he, he does do a DC uh, podcast, so he oh, is, he is a go. big DC fan. Good but, fan, I gotta meet this guy. <laughs> but... but uh, he he um he's actually my co-host on on the Star Wars podcast I do Wiki Radio. Yeah, Ken. Um, but he loved it. Yeah, he said it was great. Yeah, I'm dying. For, I mean, ever he since ever since they announced it, I've been excited for it. Yeah. So. Um, I was I was like, eh, you know, I was interested in it, but it's still DC, so you know, they haven't they don't exactly have a great track record, <laughs> but um. But then when I started seeing like trailers and stuff, I'm like, all right, I, I'm I'm completely in. Yeah, brighten just, it up, brighten it up, get away from the sepia tones. Yeah, brighten everything up, make some story standalone, and drop the overarching continuing storyline through all the movies. I mean, yeah. and I think yeah. that's the way to go. Mm. And then like with like with Aquaman, it was it it was still like they mentioned the the Steppenwolf mm-hmm. and Justice League thing, but. They didn't really. That was it. They just briefly yeah. mentioned it, yeah. and then it's like somebody went, <coughs> "Step off!" Yeah, basically. Move on. <laughs> um, and then moving on. <laughs> and that reminds me. Did you hear the latest about the Flash movie? Uh, the only thing I heard was that the guy who plays the Flash is teaming up with Grant Morrison to write the script. Yes. Well, please tell me they fired the actor. Please tell me. Please, 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 please tell me they fired the actor. <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess he wanted to write the script, a version of the script, because he didn't like, he had some different creative differences, as they say, with the director's version. Yeah. Their vision was they wanted to do a more lighter kind of film. Yeah. He wanted to go a bit darker and grittier. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge Flash fan, but from what I do know of the Flash, I don't think his direction was the way to go yeah uh and apparently the latest thing i heard today the latest i read is um warner brothers is not happy with the direction he wanted to go either and they didn't like his script so come on say it he's most likely out yay now be the greatest thing ever they didn't fire him. Oh, no, they just let him go. They didn't let him go <laughs> okay. because his contract doesn't, his contract ends in May. Oh, that's easy. That means they just push the movie off. Yeah. And then his contract expires and then that's it. But the word is, from what I read, is because they didn't like his script. They're not going to make a Flash movie. He's done. He doesn't want to do it anymore. Oh, good. Even better. Even better. I'm glad because you know technically the it's written into this contract that if 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 the movie's not made within X period of time, not only are they paid this whole pay for play thing that Hollywood does, mm. if they still do it, is amazing. I know because they they're they're in the contract to make this movie. If it doesn't get made, they're still going to get paid. Apparently, because they still have to make themselves available right, if the movie's yeah. made. Right. But they probably also get first turned down to the script, so mm. they probably are like contractually obliged to get the script and look at it and whether or not Hollywood wants them, they can still say, I'll do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not brokenhearted about that. Oh, I'm so happy. Because I hated him in that movie. Me too. It was terrible. I, just, uh, I couldn't He's stand not the him. Flash. No. Just somebody needs. Jeff Johns, write the stupid script. I mean, he is, he's, he's soured me a little bit to his writing over the past like five years. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I started love, I started like right away thinking that Doomsday Clock was going to be the best thing that was ever written by DC. And it's just, it's got two issues left and nothing's happened. It's eh. all boring. It's all boring. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> way behind on it. No, so. Don't worry. It's nothing's happening. I can tell you, uh, <laughs> issues yeah. one through, issues one through 10, nothing happens. Jeez. <laughs> I can, I can sum it up with to. Is a mystery as to why the Justice Society is missing? They're probably going to come back. Something's coming on, going on with the Legion of Superheroes. They're probably going to come back. Um, <laughs> Batman meets Roshark. Lex Luthor meets meets on uh, Osmondeus, mm. and the comedian shoots a bunch of DC phones. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Is Doctor Manhattan in it at all? Oh yeah, he finally showed up at issue eight. Oh wow! Now that's cool because the last issue, all of DC heroes team up. And they go to Mars and to find out what's going on, and they immediately turns into a fight. And <laughs> how does, do you yeah. how do you imagine all of DC versus Doctor Manhattan would turn out? Not well for all of DC. <laughs> oh my god, it's like a cakewalk for Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> it is a cakewalk. It's like uh, Guy Gardner like starts the whole thing. Oh, of course. He- Punches Doctor Manhattan and snaps his neck and kills him with one punch. And he's like, "Oh, I didn't want to kill him." <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, whatever. He's dead. We don't have to worry about this dude anymore." <laughs> Which is almost his exact dialogue. He's like, "Well, we don't have to worry about this dude anymore." And then all of a sudden, right behind him, um, because you know how Doctor Manhattan can be in two places at once. Yada right, yada yeah. yada. Mm-hmm. A giant version of him is standing there, and he just reaches down <laughs> and grabs Guy Gardner's hand and destroys his ring. Guy Gardner's done. <laughs> Oh, and, guy, and Dr. Manhattan doesn't do anything out of, out of anger. He's just talking as he's doing this. He's like, oh, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good, it was a good story, mm. but nothing's going, nothing's happening. Mm. Got two more, two more issues to find out. Nothing happens. <laughs> so anyway, if Jeff Johns were to write a flash script, I think it would probably be okay. That's kind of what I was going at before I got sidetracked. <laughs> Well, he did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can't be any worse. Well, the Justice League movie was terrible. Yep. Um, Unfortunately. The characterization of some of those people was terrible. Um, yeah. But the Flash movie, the thing is, is that Flash is so, so, so successful on TV right now. Leave it on TV. Yeah. Green Lantern's done next year. Green Lantern. Green Arrow's Green Arrow, done, yeah. ne- done next year. What? <laughs> yeah. Green Arrow's done. Uh, there's word that Supergirl might be ending too because of low ratings, but yeah, this season's not very good. They they promised us like Red Sun Supergirl from the beginning of season one. I mean, not beginning of season one, the beginning of this season, mm-hmm. and that's hasn't even happened yet. Oh, it has now. Oh, was it last episode? Yeah, yeah. Did you you haven't seen the last? I'm two episode? episodes behind right now. Ah, okay. So you haven't even seen the Luther episodes? I haven't seen yet. Ah, so I gotta yeah. say, uh. I wasn't sure at first about John Cryer's Lex Luthor, but mm. I'm kind of digging it. Good, I hope so. I kind of like it. Is he? Please tell me he's not Lenny Luthor. Mm-mm, he's no. just like no, dude. <laughs> no, <laughs> but what's fun too is um, there is a character uh, 
in in the storyline called Miss Tessmacher. Yeah, I know. I know and that. he does. Does he call? Does he yell a name out? He does that one point shout out, Miss Tessmacher. <laughs> That's great. Well, they've had so many people from like the movie, like mm. they had Otis on it and all of this oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think that uh, I read an article saying that, and you can tell me if this is right or wrong. Uh, that his version of Luther is like he's a very nice guy to humans, but if when it comes to aliens, he'll just he just wants to kill. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. yeah, but he's he's nice to humans, but he's still got that devious kind of. Yeah. Um. Alter. You, like you know he has an ulterior. Yeah, he's motive. up to something. Yeah. But yeah, but he does. So the last episode was actually an interesting one. It was it it kind of didn't really have Supergirl in it at all. Is it, is he on more than one episode? He's going to be on three episodes right, total. The last episode is basically the story of him and the the red daughter. Is and it is it did he create that? Is that what it is? He didn't create her. Yeah. But he um he kind of when he found out about her, he went to Russia and he he can you know, he, he kind of manipulated tried yeah. to manipulate her and, and uh it's just, get, it's just I want them to deal with the storyline. Because at first I I thought we're going to find out that it was a Luther experiment in the story. Mm. So I'm actually glad that it's not a Luther That's, experiment. We still don't know her origin. And I don't want to see Supergirl get canceled. I like the show. But yeah. this season this season has been great. And I feel like that, that yeah. CW in general needs to shorten their seasons because yes. they're so long. I agree there's a lot that. of There's a lot of really, like, who cares episodes. Yeah. And there's also... Right. It's also, we're going to take a three-week break, and then they're going to come back for two episodes, mm-hmm. and we're going to take a three-week break, and then we're going to come back for two episodes, right. and we're going to take a three-week break, which happens right around now. And I, I mean, I know why they do it, but I just think that if they just shorten their, shorten their seasons. I completely agree. Yeah. I, they like really last should. Year, was, do you, so you don't watch any other CW stuff, but last year's Flash, where he was fighting well, Brainstorm. I do watch or, The Flash, yeah. I do. This is last year. It's just, every time he's fighting a main bad guy, it's a really long stretch of... Here's our main bad guy. We need to figure out what his plan is. We need to figure out how to defeat him. And then here's some, in the meantime, here's, here's filler here's stuff. Here's Grodd. Yeah. There's Captain Cold. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they did. Uh, they're always speedsters. I know. They recently, <laughs> and they, I guess next year, they're going to be bringing in another speedster. Yeah. That, that Godspeed. Yeah. Which I'm not familiar with. I know who he is. He's a fairly new creation. Mm. He's pretty cool. He's interesting. Um, is it, if he's like in the comic, he can absorb. People's speed. Did, right. Did Zoom do that too? Zoom killed people and took their speed. I think so, yeah. God's speed can give yeah. people speed and he can take it away. Mm. So, eh, probably the same character. <laughs> probably the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. It, it's when they when they do that and they focus on the one main villain for the, the entire season. Yeah. It it kind of tends to drag on a yeah. little. They need to do. They need to do what Legion of Super, Legion of Superheroes. They need to do what uh, Legends of DC Universe did a couple of years ago, where they had a team. They had a villain team mm-hmm. that was basically the Legion of Doom. I think they might have been called. Mm-hmm. It was Zoom and um, the bad Arrow guy. Oh right, um, Merlin. Merlin. It was Zoom, Merlin, and um, the immortal dude. Yeah. Dark. Dark. Damien Dark. Damien Dark. Yeah. yeah. So. They need to do another team of bad guys, and then they could do all kinds of different stuff. I think they should do. It's weird, but I think the uh, Legends of Tomorrow, the, this past season was probably, out of all the CW shows, was one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah. 
I've I've loved Legends of the DC Universe. It's been pretty good since the beginning because yeah. it just doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, it's like it does, yeah, it's very much aware of what it is, mm-hmm. and I love it. It's just like oh, thank you for not caring. Yeah, which I think is kind of why they stopped. Like just the the last crossover they weren't a part of. Yeah, yeah. Which makes which and it's, is, it's even funnier is that that was that because uh, I'm sure you saw it. They were going through a altered history part of their storyline. Oh right, yeah. and uh. And they're like, what did they say? They said Supergirl and Flash called, and they wanted to see what was going on. And they were like, ah, we'll pass. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Probably, they're probably, they probably just want to have her annual crossover. We'll pass. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for that. But yeah, that I do like that show. Um, and when they brought in Constantine, yeah, no, it's, I think it's Const- been even more fun. Yeah, Constantine fits the show, especially. <laughs> this is what I like most about Constantine is that he he gets into a into a. A Constantine speech about about darkness and, oh, yeah, yeah. and regret and all this stuff, and all of a sudden, like Heatwave walks by and just like slaps him on the back of the head and tells him to shut up. <laughs> I love that. Uh, now the the actor who plays Constantine, I read it. I read that he said he'd be very interested to be in the Swamp Thing show. Oh, which oh, would yeah. make sense. That'd be great. I don't know if they'll do it, but. Yeah. It would because that would it would be cool. That would set it in that universe, and I don't think they want to do that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm, I am so I totally forgot about the Swamp Thing TV show. I am so psyched for that. Like, if that's not good, I'll you'll have me on, and I'll just be sobbing, openly sobbing. <laughs> it's something <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it like the eighties TV show. Oh, All he does is show up and says, "I'm the protector of the swamp." <laughs> Uh, he doesn't even show up until the last five minutes of the episode. Ah, uh, man. Although I'm a huge fan of the original movie, as bad as it is. Yeah. The original movie. No. He, it was, well, I mean, I yeah, I liked it too, but. I saw it when I was 12, so I loved it. Yeah, when I, I saw it when I was a kid, and I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I guess. It doesn't hold up. It doesn't, yeah, <laughs> mm, mm. <sighs> well, anyway. So that was Doom Patrol. Yeah, no, that was Doom Patrol, and then and then and then our hijinks on CW verse. All right, do you want to go over uh, uh, Captain Marvel real quick? Yeah, we'll just cover Captain Marvel, and then we'll and then we'll uh, end it. When did you see it? When did I see it? Yeah, did you see it right when it came out, or did you give it like some time to, to I settle? S- no, I saw it right when it came out the first weekend. I was in Florida, and oh, that's right. I was visiting my folks, and on that Friday, I was like. I'd have to take a car to go see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I don't care. So my brother, Dom, my older brother, Dominic, who hasn't seen very many Marvel movies, went with me. And uh, he doesn't know anything about Marvel. He doesn't know anything about anything. Well, he does. He knows a lot about everything. But he doesn't know anything about comic book movies or any of that stuff. And he loved it. He thought it was really good. Now, I went with my wife. Yeah. Who, who at, at first, she didn't even want to see the movie because mm-hmm. she has no idea. She had no idea who Captain Marvel is. Yeah. And she, too, loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of good things. I think for an entry movie, for a movie, for someone who's never seen a Marvel movie or maybe just has seen one or two of them, mm. I think it's a good entry point. There's not a lot holding it down. It's its own thing. And, I mean, there's a connection to the to Infinity War at the end, you know, right. and all that stuff. But realistically, I think for people that have don't want to go back and watch 10 years worth of movies, which can be kind of intimidating, and just start here mm. and go on. Because I think the movie franchise is really suffering right now from baggage. From like connected universe baggage, right? Right. I mean, I'm the only one who says that in the store, but <laughs> I really think that they need to break it down 
Let people have a break for a little while. <laughs> well, after, you know, after Endgame, yeah. maybe they will a little. I I enjoyed the movie, but well, here, here's basically what I've told people. I enjoyed the movie. It was a good movie, but being being a comic book fan and knowing all the things it's based on, you cried a little inside. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but it was for me. It was another origin movie, and for me, I mean, I know all these characters. I know all their origins. I even. Even like Captain Marvel, I didn't know every detail, mm-hmm. but I basically know her basic origin. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm like, it's it's like like seeing her. All right, so we might have some some mild spoilers, but it's been a while. So if you haven't seen the yeah. movie, you know, seeing her kind of depowered for most of the movie, I understand why they do that, why they did it. Yeah. But it's still like when she finally, you know, broke out of it and was. You know, flat. Yeah, I, then I was like, "All I oh. need to do is destroy this da- dampening device that's yes. been on my my neck the whole movie." God, and I'm like, "I could have <laughs> told you that from the beginning." <laughs> but once, like, like I'm really looking forward to seeing her in Endgame. Yeah, me too. Although I've, I've heard somewhere that they had to bring her power level back down for Endgame because she's so but, powerful yeah, at the end of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah. So for me, it was like like I enjoyed the movie, but for me, it was another origin movie, and I. You know, origin movies are always tough. Yeah, for me, it's always here's here's the person before they got their powers. This is how they got their powers. Right, this is right. how it affects their life, and this is the villain who's the exact same person as them that they have to fight. Mm. Every Marvel movie, they fight their their mirror opposite. Iron Man fights Iron Monger. Right. Um, Ant Man fights fights Yellow Jacket. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Right, it's always right, in right. Black Panther fights Black Panther. So. <laughs> so. Leopard Panther. <laughs> no, it was uh, Killmonger. But basically, it was kill. Yeah, yeah same thing. He had like the leopard, like when he put on the Black Panther costume, yeah, it kind of yeah. had like the leopard spots. And yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, um, but like I said, being that my wife didn't care about Captain Marvel going into it and came out really liking it, I took that into consideration. Yeah. And it it's 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 overall it's a good movie. It made a lot of money. I liked a lot. I mean, I really yeah. think. I really think the whole uh, girl power th- like 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 thing that they were doing in the tr- in the previews before the movie came out right. it reflected reflected as much in the movie and I think that it was it was it's really good that they did that um, and I it, I also don't feel like it preached at me too much except for two spots right there were two spots where I was like ah that's kind of preachy but I'm also not dumb enough to 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 think that for too long because I also realized well I'm also not a woman. And I don't always see how guys can just be total asses to women all the time. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> like when the guy pulls up on the motorcycle, and he's right, like, hey, yeah. baby, yeah, yeah. what you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on. But yeah. then I'm like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> and then there was like one other scene where that happened. And it was, I had the exact same feeling where I was just like, ah, that doesn't happen. And then like a second later, I was like, ah, I'm an idiot because that happens all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, one thing I did like was towards the end when um when uh Jude Law um can't remember his character's name now. Uh he is uh Yog. Yeah. Yog something. Right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um when at towards the end of the fight there when when he came out and he's like he's like, you know you- Mono a motto <laughs> No powers. Don't your power. She's just like <laughs> Forget that. She shoots him. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I think anybody would have done that. Like, oh yeah. Mono a mono. See ya. 
I'm not going to not use my powers. I know, right? Well, that was great. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, I really, I did enjoy the film. I really enjoyed the character. I thought Brie Larson did a good job. Oh, Brie Larson was great. I'm, the only thing I didn't like about her, part of her acting, and this was the other thing. So out of all the things I didn't like a movie, all the things I didn't like about the movie, it was very minor things. Right, One yeah. of them was, I didn't like the fact that she was in space. Like she was an earthling who lost her memory, who went to space and was working with the Kree. She comes to Earth and she's like back slapping Nick Fury and smiling, and they're all chummy and they just met each other. Oh yeah, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's a little, yeah, that's yeah. a little instant, isn't it? <laughs> sure, yeah. And then the other thing I didn't like was, um, but I can I can forgive that because it's kind of it's just moves, it moves the movie along. Mo- yeah, yeah, it moves the movie on. So that's, that's why I said it's very minor, very right. it's very nitpicky mm-hmm, of me. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I didn't like was how the scrolls got to Earth in a second. And then she calls and talks to talks to her Cree allies, and she's like, "I'm on Earth. I need help." And they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be a week before we can get there." Oh yeah, our drives aren't that good. <laughs> like really, really? the squirrels got there. Weren't they fighting just outside Earth's <laughs> atmosphere because she just crashed there? Because you know. <laughs> now, what what do you think about the way they handled the squirrels? Uh, I think that it's a. I like the squirrels in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it was a misstep because I think if they were just portrayed as villains then they could be used as villains overall throughout the rest of the Marvel Universe. But they're also an entire race of aliens. And just like there are good humans and bad humans, right. you know, we can't all be judged on just a handful of them. I mean, they could still use, use them as villains. I do like how, from the very beginning of the movie, if you look at how they act and react, they're obviously not the bad guys. Right. It's like when uh, Dr. Minerva is like trying to snipe them at the beginning, when, mm-hmm. they're, when they're just kind of hanging out at their headquarters. Right. And not the headquarters at their camp, and that scroll comes up dressed as Doctor. I mean, disguised as Doctor, as not Doctor, just just disguised as Atlas, and moves her gun. And mm-hmm. It was like they're just refugees, right? I mean, he that that scroll could have attacked instead of just right, yeah, that. right. So they showed that they weren't villainous from the very beginning of the movie, especially if you look at everything they did. Um, but having read comics my whole life and knowing that scrolls are always the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just be bad. <laughs> right, yeah. I see that, yeah. But I'm trying to look at it as that's just a particular faction of scrolls yeah. and it was just Talos there wanted his family yeah. and like when it, if if they ever have an empire again, their emperor could very easily say, This is our plans. We're right. going to invade these people. Right. You're our army, go do it. So. Because the other thing is when he had when he had Carol Danvers captured and he was tr- going like into her memories and stuff yeah he was then they seemed like kind of bad guys yeah but he wasn't really hurting her i mean he was just probing her minds no but and they only defended themselves from her when she attacked them right but i could see them you know not like I could, like a real villain would have been it would have been worse they yeah, probably would have yeah, yeah, sawing her head open and trying to like <laughs> right yeah take your brain out or something but i can see them having to do things like because of the war with the Cree. That might, you know, might end up. Oh yeah, if you're in a if you're in a war with another race, you just eventually war makes people do terrible things. So, right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We'll see, like yeah. So I was. I'm not going to totally count out the scrolls as possible villains. I don't. But I so. mean, I just I would. I, everyone in the store who knows who knows scrolls was like secret invasion. That's going to happen. Right. Yeah. But they kind of did that with the, with the with Hydra already. So I guess maybe they were thinking they can't do that again. Yeah, when you put it that way. So 
Yeah. I, that's kind of what I, I thought, is that they did it mm-hmm. once already, and they were like, we're not going to do it again, because everyone's going to be like, oh, look, they're all scrolls now. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, the only other thing that I ended up not really liking, uh, unfortunately, was the whole cat thing. Uh, so, I always thought the cat was just a cat. Yeah. Like, like I have looked at her comic on the shelves a lot. Like, I've read Captain Marvel appearances and all kinds of other things, mm-hmm. and I've always seen her cat in the background. Right. But I didn't know it was an alien. And even then, after I saw the movie, I thought they did that just for the movie. But apparently it's an alien in the comic, too. All it's right, exactly well, what it is in the comic. I mean, in the movie, it's the same thing. So I, I, I'm i okay with that. But the way they did it, it kind of had a men in black kind of feel. Oh, yeah. I can and see that. So easy. I was kind of like, meh. Yeah, I can easily see that. Thanks. I mean, it did just show up at Project Pegasus, which I love Project Pegasus. Mm. I mean, that's 70s Marvel right there. Yeah. So, yeah. um, when it show, when it just showed up, I was like, "Oh, we forgot. There's a cat in the story. So there's our cat." <laughs> yeah, and I love the second Captain Marvel, the young girl. I love the fact that she was in it. Yes, I love that. Yeah, because uh, and she even had the same hairstyle that she has oh, in yeah. the comic. Yeah, she did. Um, yeah, so that that opens up some potential. Well, you know, there's all that all too. the rumors that that uh, Endgame is going to have all that time travel in it, and they're going to go to the future and see. Mm-hmm. And see uh, Ant Man's daughter and potentially other heroes that take over in the mm-hmm. future. So there's all those rumors. So right. It is a three hour movie. <clears throat> Actually, I believe it's officially three hours and two minutes. Yeah. I'm sure the last half hour of the movie is going to be them just getting on the boat and sailing off to the Elflands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hugging all the other hobbits and saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the twelve endings, <laughs> yeah, the, the never ending endings, <laughs> which you know didn't bother me when I was watching it. But if you think about it, it it had like twelve, like at least a couple different endings. They're like, oh, everybody, let's go. Oh, wait, it's still going. All right, this is oh time to go. Oh nope, there's another one. <laughs> uh, my poor wife. We watched. I was watching the first one one day, and she watched it a little with me, mm-hmm. and she had no idea what lord of the rings was so the first movie ends and she's like it's the they didn't do the thing they didn't get rid of the ring and i'm like no it's just the first movie You're like it's no it's two of the movies <laughs> they have much further to walk, <laughs> much so, further to walk. <laughs> so needless to say she has not seen the other two films she is not a lord of the rings fan <laughs> Just pitch it to her as a hiking movie. You like the outside? I tried to. I'm like, Do you like hiking? <laughs> I, tried, I tried to say, it's about the journey. It's about, you know, the friends and the... No. Anyway. But yeah, so um, I guess we'll wrap things up. Yep. Um, All right. So before we wrap it up, we both like we both like Captain Marvel. Yes. Right. There's no... It's not It's not the terrible movie that the world thought it was going to be before it came no, out. No. It's a good movie. Right. With... You know, a couple, I have a couple of small issues, but yeah, nothing very big. Very nitpicky things for me, too. But yeah. I, lo- I like the movie a lot, and I would watch it again, but not at the theaters, obviously, because mm-hmm. I don't like to go see movies more than once, so it's awesome. Right. Which I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to see the other Captain Marvel, Shazam, and I cannot wait to see Endgame. Endgame. Two weeks? Three weeks? <sighs> it's either two or three weeks. I don't know if it's the second week of April or the third week of April. I think it's- But th- next week is April 1st. Yeah, that's right. What's oh, coming Monday, up? Monday's the first. Oh. April Fools, everybody! We're not going to post this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would be more of a joke on us, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Oh, thanks for being here. <laughs> we just did all that for nothing. <laughs> all right, so uh, 
I guess, uh, yeah, I guess that'll do it for us. Uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to add? No, I think it's good. All right. Uh, so, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, until next time. See you, everybody. Thank you for your cooperation.